and we are back with another episode of Fly and the Other Guy, episode four. Uh, this is a this is a this is a pretty hyped episode, don't you think? Oh yeah, there's a lot of exciting news that just is happening. It's ongoing right now, and we're gonna talk about it. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, we are finally set for the 2022-2023 season. We're recording this Thursday night, so the roster lock is officially tomorrow. Um, and but it'll this release on Monday, so everyone will have, will know everything by now. And uh, the big news for you is two S's: Shopify and Saberlight. A, a lot of hype involved. We're 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 not going to start off with that. Just a little bit of a tease. We'll, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit. But before we get into that awesome news, um, we'll start with some just some updates and some announcements of the other teams going on because there's everything just kind of came out all at once here. Yeah, I think people kind of waited till the very last minute and you know we touched on this before it could just be due to contracts and things like that not necessarily just because we want to be the last team to announce so mm-hmm. it could just be a lot of that yeah and and i think so the first thing we want to start off with and i think this from the previous podcast you had said there's an interesting uh western eu team and the topson no one mss no tail and seb og as they're going by uh i guess that was the stack you were referring to yes that was the stack um and i wasn't even aware of the entire roster i just heard that seb and yon are coming back um okay possibly with some of the players that were mentioned but when i look at it it makes sense you know yeah yeah totally and i mean first thoughts i mean when i look at this i'm just like it's just good for the game to have such big names back in playing yeah i mean i it's going to be very fun to watch him play. That's that's mm-hmm. the truth, you know. This is three out of the five of the original, like, OG da one TI. And then the, the additions are definitely interesting because it's players that they are familiar with, like the mm-hmm. other OG guys. But it's not someone that you would think they would include in a team because they took no one who's a mid player and he's playing the carry role. And then MSS, who's an NA player, as opposed to, you know, they could probably get so many European players out there if they wanted. Yeah. I mean, an initial reaction to, to these two guys coming in? Uh, no one's always been like one of the most sought after mechanically skilled players. So okay. I, I think I have high hopes for him. And I, I think MSS is a really good player. He's just never been in a proper like team, I think, with, with mm-hmm. like a really set way of doing things, a real culture. Yeah. I guess with them, the question becomes, wh- what's their spot? Right. I mean, they, they'll probably have to go through open qualifiers. Maybe I was looking at it. Maybe they could buy Team Bald Spot. I guess we'll know by the time this podcast comes out. Um, but open qualifiers, they, they can be tough, right? I think you've been through a few. You did it with Talon last year. That was I watched that when you were playing SEA, and that was the most stressful thing to watch. I mean, <laughs> what are those like? It's stressful because you're playing a lot of best of ones, and really anything can happen in Dota. You yeah. could just play against a, sa- a stack of players who are high MMR or just like, let's just do it for fun. And you might just trip. It's possible. And you so, have no idea what they're going to do. No, like you're going to have to look up these player names. Maybe you're going to know some of them from pubs, but it's it can be very random at times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, this is... The other thing, I guess, is they're going to be the technically tied to the same organization as OG, right? So this isn't a problem in the regional game, uh, regional. It's not a problem in majors, I don't think. It's really only a problem for TI. So 
it'll be interesting. I guess this is the question that will hang over everything. We'll have to keep an eye on is like, what happens if they both qualify for TI? Right, because the ruling does state that you're not allowed, an organization is not allowed to represent two teams going into TI. Um, yeah. And these guys are owners. So it's, mm-hmm. I feel like the other team would, you know, kind of have to take a leave if that were the case. That's my feeling, but. Yeah, I mean, it says, if two teams from the same organization qualify for the international, that organization must either remove all of their ties to one of the teams or only the top team will be eligible. So, I mean, that's just kind of like a, a subplot to keep an eye on. I'm sure that, you know, when they formed the team, they they probably had, you know, some thoughts about how to manage this part. Um, but just kind of a subplot to watch. Uh, but I think just overall happy to have this stack uh, just from an entertainment standpoint. I know... I'll be watching, you know, you guys in NA, and I think this will be kind of the other team I'm keeping my eye on as well. That that will just from an entertainment standpoint to watch. Um, Nigma, big thing with them, right? They keep their team the same. They uh, add ATF uh, Amar. He becomes their carry. In your experience, I mean, it is switching positions. I mean, it seems like it happens a lot. Is switching between carry and offlane pretty common? It's actually pretty rare for an offlaner to turn into a carry. Okay. Because offlaners are just a more rare role to find. Um, There's plenty of carries out there because people will naturally play carry in mid the most. People who want to push for high MMR and get noticed. So this is definitely interesting. Um, I do think... So I rate Amar just from laning against him in terms of lane mechanics. He's definitely top three or top five in the world just from laning mechanics that I've played against. Um, so if he can translate translate that to his carry pool, I think there's definitely a lot of potential. Well, he was also a unique offlaner, right? Like with his hero pool? Yeah, he had his specific hero pool and he did play polarizing in how he, his playstyle is. He took a lot of the farm off the map. Mm-hmm. He was kind of the main carry for a lot of their games. So I think that's why the switch makes sense because he's already been doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just that his hero pool is probably going to change, you know, okay. somewhat. And and this might be another one of those situations where you take, um, you know, he was in OG, which is obviously, you know, a, a very established organization, but it was a younger OG. And now you put him under uh, Koro, right? And then this 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 kind of the four other players that have been together and you put him in that culture and, and maybe he'll be, um, he'll really be empowered um, in that situation. Yeah. We'll have to find out. Um, Cause he was l- drafting for that young OG squad. Okay. At least for, for part of it. I don't exactly know what the deal is, but he did play some sort of leadership role and now he's going to play with Kuro who has historically, you know, always been a leader. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how their d- dynamic develops because that's always something that can be tricky in the beginning. Uh, some other news. Uh, Quinn moves from NA to Western EU. He takes boom spots on gaming gladiators and then boom moves to secret. So just some mid players moving around there. Um, it'll be interesting to see, I think, how Quinn adapts to definitely a more contested region, right? Yeah, he's used to being in the NA pubs. He was kind of the king of NA, NA pubs. Mm -hmm. You know, when he queues up a game, either he's going to destroy his items in 10 minutes or he's probably going to destroy everybody else. 
So, <laughs> so he will be carrying the NA banner over to, to Western EU for us. Yeah, uh, exactly. So uh, uh, Quinn's a great guy. I, I really love him. He's fun to hang out with. And uh, I really wish him the best. And I do think he's super talented and really hardworking. And I think that culture that Gaming Gladiator has from what, the outside, right? I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that is a good fit. And then Boom kind of has some big shoes to fill, right? In secret with Nisha leaving. Yeah, I think the initial response from people is going to be, this is a downgrade to Nisha. And truthfully, that that is the natural response. That's how it looks like. But we never know the exact dynamic of the team. Like, we don't really know how they do things, who was saying what in the games, what Nisha was providing. So you could be pleasantly surprised. And I think people should just go into this with an open mind. And, you know, Puppy has historically been really good with almost every iteration that he had on as, as a roster and i don't think this is going to be any different and then i mean so nisha most likely it's not confirmed yet but most likely will be going to liquid western eu man is is just stacked yep yep western europe is stacked um I mean, it's it feels always like been like the that. But it, yeah, but it, mm-hmm. it's always been like that. But it, it just feels like even more so now that you add this this old OG stack in as well. Yeah, and you know, Nigma wasn't really there the last year, and maybe mm-hmm. now they're gonna you know come back stronger, which adds another team. So you're potentially gonna have. A, a, there's also the new alliance. I guess we haven't really talked about, but all these teams have the potential to beat one another. That's the truth. Yeah, you know. Um, so we'll see, <laughs> and and maybe that's why we see uh, bait. That's how you pronounce B eight, right? But they're bait. Bait, yeah, yeah. So sorry, uh, they're moving. Surprisingly, I, I broke the news to you. I texted you before the podcast. I was like, "Oh, we should talk about bait moving to NA," and you're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> but, but they're but they're taking wildcard spot. It looks like. Yeah. Um, first of all, love Dendi. He's an awesome guy and it'll be really cool to play against him again. So I'm, I'm really, I'm happy for him. I don't really know how that whole situation is going on, you know, in terms of being from Ukraine, obviously mm-hmm. he's expressed how difficult that has been. And I don't know what country they're going to stay at or what's going on. I just hope they're safe and I'm very happy to play against them. Yeah. I think like at the end of the day, just having an extra team at NA, like more competition helps you guys kind of, raise your level of your scrims, of your training, of everything, and just kind of prepare for majors and things. So I think more competition is better. So um, the one roster shuffle we've yet to talk about is Shopify is the organization you guys have, have decided to go with. And the big change for this year is Saberlight is in. And and I think, I think that's awesome. I mean, Saberlight from the outside looking in seems like an awesome guy. Uh, and... I mean, you guys have got to be very excited to have him in. Yeah, um, I'm I'm super excited. And we, we can start a bit, I guess, uh, Shopify. Um, yeah, Arm the Rebels. I mean, is this not the perfect the perfect combination? <laughs> Arm the Rebels, we talked about Star Wars, how cool how cool uh, rebellions are, right, in the Android mm-hmm. world. And Saberlight, I, it took me like 
I just realized this probably four days ago. Saber light is lightsaber. If you reverse the words, I don't know if there's any Star Wars connection there, but I'm going to go with it and say this is just a match made in heaven. You just blew my mind. I didn't realize You didn't think that, that either. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. have to ask him. No, I'm... Oh my yeah, goodness. Um, I have no idea, but yeah, that's that's this is just meant to be. Yeah, I think well, coming from a team called Evil Geniuses and now being the Rebels is kind of nice, not being the Empire. Yeah, uh, type of thing. That's um, true. Yeah, <laughs> people always root for the underdog and the and, and the Rebels, so I think that's great. Um, how did the how did how did Shopify come about? I think um, you know you're definitely gonna have to hook you up, hook me up with merch, right? You hooked me up with some sure. talent merch. Talent merch so far as it was top tier. I mean, the, the red and black is my favorite color combo. I mean, this I think black and green is is Shopify. Also, I think solid. mainly black, but yeah, there's some some green in there. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, Shopify was basically we had help from an, our agent who mm-hmm. kind of did work for us. As soon as we knew, knew about the EG news, we had an agent who was shopping around, talking to people. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, and through some contacts, he got to talk to some of the guys from Shopify Rebellion. Um, and things just went from there. They were interested in Dota. I think they've been interested in the past, but didn't have the, didn't find the right fit. Mm-hmm. And now is the time because I think, you know, they're obviously, they're, they're a North American, you know, Canadian based. And they're only growing right now. They're still fairly young as an esports team, but they have very good backing from Shopify itself. And uh, I think it's going to be a terrific fit. We're all very excited to work together. So it's already like the relationship is already starting off in a really amazing foot and everybody's feeling really great about it. Mm-hmm. And I missed that kind of excitement working with an org. So I'm, I'm super hyped for it. Yeah, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of team sports, it, it's more than just the players, right? It's the support around you. It comes, it's ownership management, like top down, the culture you set across everything. Um, um, before though, we, we get a little bit more into things. Uh, you guys were named Alameda 2018 <laughs> <laughs> for one day. I think it's going to, it's going to be one day. And it was, uh, I don't think you guys realized that, uh, Alameda was also the name of the, the hedge fund that the guy who, who ran FTX used to, to like em- not embezzle money, but kind of lose all of the people's money. So I, I popped into your stream and you're just getting flamed for it. And, and you really had no idea. <laughs> no, that was an, a pretty unfortunate coincidence. So this is, this is a pretty funny story. Uh, Cause we knew we were getting a temporary name until things are, are settled with Shopify. And, you know, people start bringing up ideas. I wanted to have some sort of clue towards star Wars but I, I kind of got shut down in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, didn't want to give a clue away in case somebody figures it out. Yeah. Um, I know our tour wanted something to do with boys, you know, like well, something I related been to sad boys. boys. Sad boys. I thought you have been sad boys for a couple of days. I didn't really want to take that approach because that was never something I was a part of. Okay. So I didn't want to do that. Um, I, I actually really wanted to do Charlie's Angels. I thought it was really funny because Charlie <laughs> was our agent. He found this whole deal yeah. for us. So yeah. I thought it was good. But anyways, we we ended up with going with some sort of nostalgic route because Alameda was the old EG house before Peak 6 and everything and all that's happened. So there's some really fun memories from that house. Um, I know it doesn't relate to Abed or Sabalite, but... 
we figured it's just a, a name for you know for a day. Yeah. It's kind of whatever, um, and, and that's why we went with it. Nothing to do with crypto. Making it clear, did not know <laughs> about any of that stuff. All right, let's 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 <laughs> move on. So so Saberlight, right? He's the, that's the other big news, right? Is mm-hmm, he's joining? Mm-hmm. He's twenty two years old. He was in NA last year, right, with TSM, and he just seems like an awesome guy. It seems like a really good chemistry guy. Yeah, I think <laughs> you look in the stream, you know, Saber Chad. I remember mm-hmm. watching his stories. He ate a sandwich in the shower, talking about how he's going to stream. He's just a funny guy. <laughs> um, and I think that's something that will help our team lighten up the mood. Because truthfully, mm-hmm. that's something we don't always have uh, on our team with, with the people we have. So somebody like that that comes in and can lighten up the mood with just the way he is naturally, mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful. You know, so, What's his... Um... What's his from like a from the from a skill base or what's his hero pool like? Is it is it similar to Nightfalls? Like, what's that transition going to be like? Yeah, so that's the other thing about Saber is that he is a natural offlaner, okay. um, and I did th- this is something I wanted for this year for this roster. I wanted somebody who's a natural offlaner. Mm-hmm. I wanted somebody. I didn't want to transition any more carries <laughs> or whatever to different roles. I didn't want to go that route. Because his hero pool is very wide. He can play anything. Um, that's very rare to find, by the way, which I think is why I was really like gunning to get this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he can play the initiators. Like his, you know, his Mars is legendary since Stockholm Major. Some of the best performance I've ever seen. He can play the Zoo, his Beastmaster, and Arlington Major. He destroyed us with his Zoo mm-hmm. as well. Um, he has his niche heroes like Darkseer, Enigma, Venomancer. He plays everything. Like, give this guy anything. The perfect um, offlaner. Yeah, and that is so hard to find an offlaner. It's so rare. Um, and obviously, they have to be really skilled as well. And he is really skilled. You know, he's super high MMR. He's got it all, man. He's Saber Chad. Yeah. About you talked a little bit about building a roster. Is I mean, what what are some of the things you consider? when trying to put together your roster for the year? So it's always a tricky question because you want somebody who's really skilled, who's really dedicated to the game. You want all these things. But one aspect that is often overlooked is how this person is actually going to fit into the team culturally. Mm -hmm. And we touched on this a little bit earlier, but Saberlight is, he's been with an NA team, right, for two years. Or something like that with Undying before and before they turned into TSM. He's, you know, kind of European. He just is gonna naturally fit with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to say is Nightfall is arguably one of the most skilled players in the entire world. Yeah. But he came from a different background, right? He's mm-hmm. a Russian player, he has a different demeanor. He has good English. He he did have good English, but a lot of the ways he communicates is just not the same as these other European slash North American people. Mm-hmm. He's very blunt and people have a hard time digesting that. Well, I think it, that's where the rest of the team comes into play, right? Like that style works, but in a certain culture, right? In a certain, uh, in a certain team culture, right? You, you kind of have to have everyone on the same page and, and communication varies um, just across different players different regions so you know it sounds like uh 
Saberlight will just maybe hopefully the idea right is to be a little bit of a better fit from a team chemistry standpoint. I think it'll I mean, be e- easier. Yeah. Nightfalls, I mean I don't know if you've seen his stack, but that that stack looks scary. Uh scary good. Yeah, yeah. They have some of the best players in the world. Um will definitely be interesting to see how they do because it's similar to the old team they had, which is super skilled. Mm-hmm. But uh I have high hopes for that stack for sure. I think they'll be a really tough competitor. Yeah. So it seems like the the switch is is gonna work out for, for everybody. Yeah, I, I hope so. And like I was saying, Saber and paper, it's definitely an easier fit. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that these players from different regions cannot work. It's just that it's going to be harder and you're going to need a better support system, support staff to make that happen. Well, when um, you went to when you went to Talon, right? I mean, it's it's the same thing, right? Like they had a more laid back, I think you were saying laid back culture. Um, and that was different for you. Yeah, it it was different, and I didn't entirely realize what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. And that was probably a similar case for Nightfall when he decided to join EG as well. Uh, I wasn't there for the beginning or how that whole thing happened, but I know like after getting to know him, he himself knows that the culture is just different, and he has an easier time explain like expressing himself when he's playing with other CIS players, and that's that's just natural. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is the potential of this new team? I mean, no TI winners, right, on the squad, so everyone's still very hungry. Um, I mean, I'm assuming I mean, you guys are <laughs> hoping for the best, right? Hoping to win TI. That's everyone's, <laughs> dream. That's everyone's dream at the beginning. I think what you said is actually the key thing here, is that nobody on the team has one TI as a player. Um, and that leaves a certain feeling, you know, everyone is is kind of equal in a way on the team, regardless of whatever past achievements. Nobody achieved the highest, you know, possible thing you can get in Dota. So I I think that's something that's going to help us, you know, have this motivation for the year and that drive that we need. And yeah. it's not to say that other TI winners are, are lazy or anything like that, because obviously some have won TI twice and some are still amazing. It's just that, I feel for for all of us, we want to make our own journey, you know, towards that TI win. Let's let's. Uh, oh, real quick, January 9th, scrim start or no? January 9th, season starts. So, like, when do you guys start scrimming? So, truthfully, we haven't figured out the date we're all going to meet up yet. I'd like to make uh, real quick a suggestion. I think your last, uh, okay. <laughs> the last, the last uh, few of your like coming to a new team, you've you've had no time to practice beforehand, and you guys always do like the first thing. <laughs> it's like day one of the DPC or day one of the qualifiers, like the first time together as a team. That's that is historically true, so <laughs> I can't dispute that. Um, yeah, so. You know, there's going to be holidays and things like that. And then the other thing to figure out is this. Uh, Abed has to figure out some visa stuff with Shopify. We will be based out of uh, Toronto and Canada. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I'm Canadian, so no problems. Most people won't have a problem. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that gets figured out and then we see, you know, when the earliest we can get there is, uh, we'll get the, the scrims going. I definitely don't want to go there for two days and then play the DPC. I think <laughs> a week sounds like a good amount yeah, of time you know yeah. 
I mean, because you guys play together mostly, right? It's just 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 Saberlet. You guys got to get integrated, so it's not a it's not too big of an adjustment. But maybe maybe a couple of days. It's, it's my little suggestion. <laughs> that's a that's a good suggestion. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, all right. Any other any other uh, stuff about the announcement or just Dota things in general? I think we have a couple of fun things we want to get to at the end. Um, but did I miss anything? I don't think so. No, I think we're good to go. Shopify, Saberlight, Arm of the Rebellion. Uh, ask him if Lightsaber is the inspiration for his name. It's got to be, right? I, I will. It's way too... I can't believe I missed it. It's actually crazy. I'm, <laughs> I've actually uh, lost it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So one of the segments we've done in the past, uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, is called an Ask Reddit segment. There's a pretty cool Reddit, or it's just called Ask Reddit, and people have random questions. And they turn out to be good topics for debate. We wanted to talk about uh, real quick, kind of rapid fire. We're going to go through a few of them. First one is uh, best candy, worst candy. What do you what do you choose for those? Okay, so I'll start with the best, mm-hmm. and I think uh, what are the peanut butter cups. So Re- I think Reese's, Reese's, right? Yeah. For me, that's pretty up there. You know, that's pretty much the S tier. Peanut I'm butter not, and chocolate. I'm, it's just way too good. You know, it's just too good of a combo, like, honestly. Um, so that's top. I'm I'm gonna exclude all like the hipster, you know, the the new Trader Joe's items and all that stuff. This is like <laughs> old old candy. Yeah. Um, so Reese's peanut butter cups. So for me, so like for my best, it's Twix because Ooh. caramel and chocolate. I mean, it's just like don't overthink it. Like caramel and chocolate. And it's like the right amount. It's it's doesn't get stuck in your it's not too much caramel. Uh it doesn't get stuck in your teeth. So so I, I go Twix. I mean That was my butter, second choice actually. Yeah. Yeah. Peanut butter and chocolate, caramel and chocolate, like that that that's 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 a tough choice. Okay, so worst for me is licorice. Oh my god, that's what I had too. Uh, really <laughs> licorice is is just some sick joke Bla- <laughs> like black licorice is a sick joke it absolutely okay, is i can go even further okay. so we've been to sweden so many times and when i was teaming up with s4 we went to into one of like convenience stores and he's like oh they have salted licorice you know like let me show you guys this awesome invention we have in here in sweden it is salted licorice they've somehow taken licorice and in my opinion made it even worse <laughs> and i know people like it out there so i'm sorry it, for me though i tried it, don't, it was don't just, apologize don't apologize it's okay. it was just it was just bad have you had good in plenties <laughs> i i don't know actually it's like those pink and white pill looking things oh yeah, yeah i i had i know those yeah, yeah. those are awful that's the worst candy <laughs> it, i know this Somebody and then somebody on Reddit. So I like to look at Reddit's answers for these. Somebody said the worst candy was those dot candies on paper. You ever you okay. ever eat those? It's like a roll of paper, and then there's like these tiny little like like dots on there that are just like I guess sugar, and you just eat them. And you would always kind of like eat the paper with it because you couldn't. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Well, you would bite that. You, you would bite off the little dots, and and you're not supposed to eat the paper, but inevitably some of the paper would get stuck to it, so you would taste it. And I, you know, I, I would kind of argue I, I I liked them. I didn't mind the paper taste. Like it was okay. kind of it kind of balanced out the sweetness of the candy. So I, I kind of disagree with that guy on Reddit. 
it, it's too ingenious for me. That's like five head. So I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to get those for you. Um, all right, last last rapid fire. Uh, same same theme, right? Best fruit, worst fruit. Uh, worst fruit. I think that re- most so red delicious apples get a really bad rap. I think they're pretty bad. I, I think it's fair. I think. Okay. I think. I I love apples, um, but a red delicious apple is just it's too mealy. It's not it's not enough flavor to it. Um, and then a and then a a runner up to me was like, "Are we sure? Are we sure pomegranates are good?" Like I, I think I, I, I like, like pomegranates. I think I like pomegranates, but then <laughs> it's so much work to get them open, right? And like to not stain everything around you, and then like. Aren't you really just eating like popcorn kernels that are dunked in fruit juice? Like that's <laughs> like that's kind of what they are. Like I like pomegranate juice, but I don't I think the 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 enjoyment of eating a pomegranate just it's just it's it's there's elements that are good, but there's too many elements that are bad. Okay. Okay. Um, you don't agree. You think it's a terrible Pomegranate is one of my top top choices. And in a way, I wasn't even sure what to put as the worst fruit because I feel, I feel like in some ways I like all fruits in some way. Mm-hmm. I think I would describe apples as the most overrated fruit for me. So it's hard to say worst, but I, I think apples are, are most overrated for me. I'm, I mean, like I go into a store, there's 20 different choices. They all taste pretty similar to me. Sure, if they're like green apples or red, they're a little different, but... I mean, they're called like thing. cosmic cosmic crisp yeah well i would agree that the the variation of apples has gotten a little excessive right there's like now like yeah like uh like hipster apple flavors and things like that but like the the core you know you get a nice green apple you get a nice gala apple i i think they are still top tier fruits uh there are bad apples that's the red delicious my my best fruit and I can't believe you didn't mention either of these. Uh, like a really good mango or a really good pear. Like that texture of it like melting in your mouth when it's the perfect ripeness. There's no other fruit that can approach that for me. Mango is 100% my number one choice. That was, yeah, yeah. For me, that was super easy. Pear is interesting, actually, because I don't know how many people love pear. I mean, if you have a perfectly ripe pear, it's the same texture as a perfectly ripe mango, um, and it's 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 there's nothing like it, man. Asian pear. I, I don't know. If, have you tried those? I have the Asian pear. They to me, Asian pear tastes like purple ice popsicles. You ever have those? Like oh. you ever have those push up uh, like popsicles where they come in the different colors? Yeah, yeah. There's a link in my brain where when I eat that Asian pear, I love it. I really, I like it. It just tastes like the purple popsicle to me. It's interesting. For me, it just took apple and pear, fused them together, and just made them better. So actually, that, I really like Asian pear. Yeah, I really like Asian pear, but I, I still think if you have like a, a oh, what's the name of the pear that starts with a D? It's like a, like a D apostrophe, whatever. Uh, still, still, I'll get you next time. I'll get you a nice pear next time they're in season. Okay, okay. Mango, 100%. Ma- Honorable mention to sumo oranges. If if you haven't had a sumo orange and you're listening to this podcast, when sumo orange season comes in, they're the juiciest oranges. They're gigantic. They're easy to peel. And and if you want a good orange, uh, if you have not been exposed to sumo orange yet, 
do yourself a favor and find one. All right. Uh, last thing. Let's end with the listener's email. I mean, should we get sound effects? You know, for the we have recurring segments, like you know, you, you move in and there's there's some some catchy sound effect. Now you're not you're not a sound effect guy. I I'm down with it. You try. You can edit something in. I'll, I'll be like, this is great. <laughs> um. All right. So this is Neff from the Discord. He's he's a mod, right? Or or no? Yeah. Just cue in the elevator music. One second. <laughs> Listener mail. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> the um. <laughs> we have to figure that out. Uh, he said, uh, one thing I'd like to hear about is what helps build the team outside of Dota? Like besides playing Dota, are there other activities that you that you, you guys do together that help team cohesion or are there things that team does together in general outside of Dota, even just for fun? Um, and not just XEG related, but like previous team, like Fnatic and OG. Okay. So thanks, Neff, for the question. Mm-hmm. I think we can actually go over the three teams and I can give a little bit of insight into the different right. ways we, we built team culture. Where do you so want to start? Starting, starting from the oldest, we'll start with Fnatic. Okay. This team was mostly, it was just European players, you know. Uh, I'm sure I'm from Israel, but, you know, I, I kind of have that European demeanor. And we were a very natural fit because people had similar interests um we all kind of had a good time together we were all very natural fit together so what we used to do is sometimes we would go out you know like after parties and things like that we would go people like to go clubbing or drinking it's not really my scene but i enjoyed hanging out with the guys so i came in anyways um so going out was very normal for that you're a little little younger too right yeah i was younger yeah I, i was younger and i didn't just you know, want to stay inside all the time. Uh, so that was very natural. Everybody was similar age uh, group and, and going out together was super easy. And then OG, um, I think the interesting thing here is that we had a good combination of sponsorship uh, things that we had to do. Mm-hmm. But the way we incorporated it, and that was with Red Bull in particular, is that they would want to film content around us. And then, okay. you know, we we would talk to them and be like, Hey, these are things I think, you know, the team would find fun. And then we'd had this in between where, you know, they took us, uh, they took us out in Austria where we got to check out the Red Bull headquarters. And then we did some filming, like doing some activities in the mountain. They, they set up a lot of fun challenges. And that was a very, very good natural fit, I think, because everybody was benefiting. Everybody was having a good time. Um. And you also feel sometimes, like a certain professional level, right? Like it's it's cool mm-hmm. that you guys are now you're a little bit older. Now you're doing these things with like a legitimate brand like Red Bull, and, and that just adds to like feeling good about everything. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, we did occasionally we would have some nights where we would let some person choose the activity as long as it sort of made sense, nothing too extreme. Mm-hmm. So you know, S four he liked watching movies. So one of the nights we had like a movie night at, at our place. Uh, he chose some three-hour Korean horror movie. Very oh, interesting no. choice. Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's got good reviews and everything, but I just totally fell asleep actually, which is pretty rare for me when it comes to movies. Are um, you a horror, but, horror movie guy at all? I not my first choice, but okay. I don't mind it if it's a good movie. You know. Okay. Um. But yeah, that was OG. I think that was a very good relationship to have. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and EG, I think, 
probably had the least. And that was kind of a culture shock for me, actually, the first time I joined that team. The way the whole interaction was, it was it was a lot more individualistic back when I joined with like the Samil team and all that. Um, and over time, I think it's grown. I think people realize the importance of having more of a team co- cohesion. Uh, so things we do now would be like going out for, for dinners, going out like light drinking. Mm-hmm. And the fun thing we did at boot camp was actually having like a night off every, every week or so. And we did some party games. Um, okay. Yeah. So we just, just looked at those chill games. I think we, we did some stuff with uh, ping pong, beer pong thing, just without the beer for some of us. <laughs> water pong. I, I was, yeah, yeah. Some of us played water pong. Some played yeah. beer pong. Okay. Uh, uh, heads up. We played that game. Like, those are fun. You know, those little light activities are pretty fun. Yeah. You, know, you should, you should hire somebody to be the, to be the, the outside fun guy, you know, to be like a fun forcer of sorts. Like, so it's like, Hey, this, I plan this activity We're we're going rock climbing. Uh, I got it all set up. You know, I'm just saying I, I got, you know, I have a day job, but I can, I can, I can plan some night activities. I feel like you would be a good person for the job. Actually, you, you, you have like good creative ideas that aren't too hardcore, you know, like a good bowling. in between for introverts. Listen, listen, if you need a go-to bowling is, is, it's competitive. You could. You don't actually have to be good. Uh, it's a great environment. It's like it's. You play a couple games. Uh, go bowling once a month, and I think uh, team chemistry will will only bloom uh, from there. But yeah, no. That, I appreciate the the email or or the comment from Neff in the Discord. Um, uh, I think that's a, a good place to wrap up this uh, this week's podcast. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Uh, Shopify. Join the rebellion, start the rebellion, whatever it is. It's hype. Uh, super excited to have Saberlight in in the squad. Uh, very excited for the season. Um, if 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 uh, if you guys are listening, go ahead and follow the the YouTube channel. Follow it wherever you get the podcast. I appreciate everyone for listening as always, uh, and we will catch you all on the next one. 